Welcome to the Roll for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plaguestone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits. You are not afraid of no ghost. Rob Tremarco is playing Cade Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief. Nope, I told you I got this. Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer, the half-orc spirit barbarian. That was the most fantastic thing I've ever seen. Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvassalon, the human angelic sorcerer. Well, I guess he was right. Guess there were some ghosts in here. Somebody want to look at that backpack? I'll look at the backpack. I'll keep my weapon out just in case another one should appear. Um, so while you're looking at that, Celeste is going to go over to the spot that the ghost previously was and sort of poke around looking for it. And while I'm doing that, I'd like to recall knowledge and see what she knows about ghosts from knowledge religion. Okay. So the backpack has something silver in the open flap. You uh, walk over to, that's actually where the ghost appeared. And you see the backpack and you see something silver. What do you do, Cade? I use my short sword to kind of open the flap up and make the opening wider so I can look at it without touching it. Okay. It appears to be a holy symbol of some sort. With that, let's have Celeste come over. I'll hold, I'll pick, is it on like a necklace or chain or something? Yeah, it's on a chain in the, um, in the backpack. I will lift it out with the sword and show okay. it to Celeste. Okay, Celeste, what is your religion? Because I actually roll that for you. It is not amazing. It is a plus four. Plus four. Here we go. First, you're going to try to know all about them ghosts. Hmm, not bad. You know a couple of things. You, you know that there are incorporeal undead spirits. Yes, that's true. You also know that ghosts are often bound to a specific place or item. You also know that they are very difficult to kill. They're resistant to nearly all damage, except things such as force, positive, or ghost touch, and completely immune to anything non-magical, more or less. So, um, kind of explains why Cade whiffed on his attack. Okay, but if Cade had a magical weapon, he could have damaged it. Probably. Probably. You think. Now, as for the item itself... Oh, yeah, that is the holy symbol of uh, Ayomide. Interesting. Okay, uh, I will sort of show this to everyone. Brixley, are, are you familiar with Ayomide? Uh, I, I have some general knowledge of other religions, but not an expert. Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. Probably a bit too self-righteous for you, I'm guessing. <laughs> Yeah, Ayamide has a little too, few too many rules for my liking. What does Celeste recall of Ayamide? Well, not much, but she does recall something about ghosts and this item. As Cade goes through the rest of the backpack, it looks like there's nothing else in here other than like some sturdy clothes and this symbol. 
you believe that this ghost was actually bound to the symbol, not the place. And that perhaps giving the holy symbol a proper burial, that that would be able to finally put this ghost to rest. You also might want to have Kent maybe come clean, because it looks like this uh, has something to do with Kent. Mm. Brixley, I'll leave it up to you. I I think you were the one he approached. I... I don't know how I feel about approaching someone I've not really met before about this. Actually, it was Peru. Yeah, but... I thought it was both of you. It was both of us, but it landed with me a little bit better. First, it was Cade, then it was Peru. Peru was also... Peru was actually a survivor of Last Wall, so it kind of landed. Oh, I see. Well, then, I'm going to redo that. Peru. How did we find out it's related to Kent? Peru, you remember that Kent kept confusing you? to his friend, his former comrade, Talamor. Oh, Talamor. Mm-hmm. And Talamor had a very long scar across his face, and it looks like the ghost was Talamor. Oh. So Talamor did make it out of Last Wall. I remember that he thought it was Talamor. I didn't remember his long scar on his face. Right. You mentioned it, I think, now that I think about that drunken guy. Yeah, now that you mention, we're going to have to have a talk with Kent. Here, you'd better approach him with this. It seems like it would come better from you. You you did defeat the ghost, after all. And she hands the holy symbol over to Prue. I think I think there's proper burials in order, but maybe after we talk to Kent. As for the pack, you see nothing else of value in this pack. And the blanket has exquisite mold on it. Uh, don't touch that. Nope. Other than that, you don't know there's not much else here it appears to be like there was a little sleeping area over here but that's about it well we have a whole day ahead of us what other leads do we have hang on let me see uh celeste pulls out her journal and starts flipping through the pages genealogy genealogy well here's something so silwith she was supposedly that witch that caused the plague at least that's what the townsfolk were saying um and then she caught it and died but I think there's something more going on there. Anyhow, some people were saying that Silwith's daughter, Vilri, survived the plague and then disappeared a few years ago. I'm wondering, what was Vilri doing that entire time up until then? What else can we find out about this Vilri? Since we suspect that that's who uh, Hallad was speaking with, perhaps, um, maybe it would be worth trying to follow up on that? Didn't they say that their old house is still intact? You know what? I, I think they may have. Maybe we check out the old witch's house. Yeah. In fact, I think it's in this part of town. I mean, as long as we're breaking in, entering into old abandoned buildings, why not? Uh, when they, Did they give us directions to that house? Yeah, yeah. You actually know where that house is as well. Okay, I think we're going to head over there then. Okay. So the house is another five minutes away. It's pretty. It's pretty close. So you walk over to that house, and that house appears to be also in really bad shape. It looks like it has been kind of burned a little, like someone tried to light the place on fire, but it didn't fully catch. It's uh, completely abandoned, and on the inside, it looks like there's really just nothing left. Whatever was here is gone. You can do a little bit more thorough search, it looks like that 
not only was this place cleaned out, but it looks like someone even tried to set it on fire, but failed. I think we'll definitely want to do a complete search, since it's one of the only leaves we had as to who this V might be. True, true. Okay. Spend uh, a bit of time doing a thorough search. You don't really find anything of value. The only thing you do find, which is curious, is within some of the debris, and the only reason it seemed to stay intact is because it was uh, fairly robust, is you do find small vials that appear to be similar in style to the one that Halid had on his body. Hmm. So not the exact same, but like similar craftsmanship and artistry? Similar. These appear to be small alchemical vials, and there's uh, empty ones, some that are broken, some that are smashed, some that have cracks in them. Those just are sort of uh, just around the house here and there in the trash heaps. But anything of value is long gone. Well, it sort of solidifies the Vilri-Halid connection, doesn't it? Would seem so. Question is, what next? I don't know, it's all just, well, frankly, dirty garbage as she casts Prestidigitation and starts to clean herself off. Not really much here worth looking through. Hmm. The only you other still got a I... leaf in your hair. What? Oh. There you go, you got it. Thanks. Well, the only other really, not even a lead, but the only other thing I had on my list to do was we were, we were going to try and find a way to transfer that rune or something. And they said something about a church, but then they also mentioned that the only church is an old, is turned into a farmhouse now, essentially. We could go ask them. At least it's, well, something we wanted to get done anyway. Sounds a good idea to me. Yeah, let's do that. I'd like to catch Kent in town before he gets too drunk tonight, too. But I think we should have time. Yeah. All right. Well, hmm. Let's go see this uh, Metamon who's using the old church as a farmhouse and uh, see what he's up to over there. Sure. Sounds good. I think those are the only four leads he gave us. I'm sure leads are about to come to us. Okay, you walk over to the church, and sure enough, it is a church. It appears like this was the town church. It's uh, kind of in disarray. And you can definitely smell the farm animals and uh, other uses that have <laughs> the church has been converted into. This church has definitely been heavily used as a farm and is no longer very churchly. But it definitely was a church at one former time. Cool. I suppose we just go up and knock on the door. Sure. Metamon. Metamon. An aging dwarven farmer ambles up and says, Oh, yes, yes. How may I help you? Oh, it's the heroes I see. Oh, 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 uh, oh. He seems, uh, he seems uh, almost embarrassed. He's like, oh, uh, oh, how can I help you? Heroes? <laughs> Is that what they're calling us? Uh, people do like to exaggerate. I was just wondering, my, my companions and I, that is, um, we were told that you might be able to, to help us with something that, well, that we don't have the skill for. You see, we found some of these uh, magical runes, one inscribed on a weapon and one on this little runestone, 
And they're not doing us much good here, but we were trying to transfer them to our other equipment, and there's not a craftsperson among us who's talented enough. Do you think you could take a look? Someone suggested that you might have the skill to, to help us. Hmm. hmm. Perhaps. Perhaps. I'm a little out of practice, but uh, I'm sure I could uh, take a look at them and maybe come up with an option or two. Uh, come in. Come in. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll show you around a little. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm impressed that you, you, you looked out for me. Well, well, sure. So he, he ushers you into the church, and sure enough, you can see like all the pews have been pushed off to the side, and that all the religious symbols and so forth have have been kind of pushed over. Can Celeste tell what kind of a church it used to be? Yes, Gozra. Oh, okay. He says, "Yes, I've uh, I've been using this uh, this church as a barn for almost ten years now." since no one seems to have uh, much use of the church anymore. He goes on to explain how he's a, he is a, a man of, of God, and he would like to sort of bring back the godly ways to town, but no one seems to have uh, need of him. He looks over, he says, uh, are, are any of you godly souls? <laughs> Brixley's all full of the well, holy. good, sir. I am a champion of Caden Colleen, so I am indeed a man of faith. His eyes light up, he says. Oh, why didn't I think of that before? Of course, I can actually combine the two things this town loves to do. Making drinks and then drinking the drinks. And I can call it religion. That's genius. He looks at you and says... Uh, Brixley, I believe, correct? That is me. He's like, I I don't know much about your god, but I'm sure if you, you wanted to teach me about your god, maybe I can become ordained as a minister of Caden Killeen, and myself and my son could churn this church into one of his divine places of worship. We can bring his word of wisdom to this town with your help. This town seems like it could use some uh, some religion and so a little bit of joy. So I think that's a fantastic idea. And I'd be happy to discuss it with you over at Ale. He says, I have a feeling the town's going to love this new religion. You're going to have to teach me all about the various drinking. Are there are there are there drinking games in this religion? Uh, the game is you drink until you don't need to feel the need to drink anymore. <laughs> oh, this is this is excellent, excellent. And you tell stories and enjoy good times. Oh, this is this sounds like the greatest religion of all time. I'm kind of surprised we didn't discover it earlier. This is truly you were sent by the gods to help me build this church up in His name. Well, the beauty of Caden Colleen is that he, you know, he believes we are all set out to find our own path in the world. And so he's, you know, he gives us a lot of freedom and wants us to share that freedom with other people. Great. Excellent. Excellent. He uh, calls over his son and his son is Elfer and his son appears to be about 19 years old, also a dwarf. Well, 
19 in dwarven years, whatever that would be. That's probably like 100. But uh, uh, an old teenager. Oh, I think I think we found our calling. Caden Colleen. He's the god of beer and spirits and drink and merriment. He's like, and this this young fellow over here, Brixley, he's going to teach us all about him so we can bring his will to the people of Etrin's Folly. Oh, excellent, excellent. I can't wait. And he like sort of starts pestering you with endless questions, Brixley, all about Caden Colleen. Well, we, we will, I will be happy to answer all of those questions, but we do have a little bit of business we need to finish first, if that's okay. Master Metamon, your race is long-lived. Have you been in Etrin's Folly the whole time of your life? No, no, not the whole time. I've only been here for approximately, oh, about 12, 15 years or so. Ah, so that's after all the incident with the plague and the witch. Yes, yes. I, uh, I originally came here to try to bring back the godly ways. I was a worshiper of, uh, Abduar, but, uh, to be honest, no one seems to be very interested in, uh, his teachings and sayings, and... At this point, I'm just willing to figure out something to bring back the godly ways. And if it's Caden Killeen, so be it. But with that, it's going to need some time to clean out the church and repair the roof. If you were help us out, perhaps, uh, Bricksleeve, maybe you can come by a little bit every day or we can meet you for supper and you can tell us the teachings of your god instruct us of his ways so we can open up the church in his name and i'll gladly look at those trinkets and see what i can do with them excellent a reading from the book of caden killeen rye whiskey with sweet vermouth and bitters shaken with ice and served martini style amen amen ah, you're familiar with him oh i i know that prayer it's in manhattan whatever a manhattan is he seems all excited. He's all like, he seems to like just be animated with joy to learn all about this new god of his and to bring back worship into this town. He, uh, by the way, asks you, of course, uh, uh, if you give him the items, he'll see what he can do with them. Uh, and he'll, uh, he'll need a little bit of time. It'll probably take at least a couple of days for him to figure out what can be done with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Other than that, he's like, is there anything else I can help you with, my good friends? You wouldn't happen to know where Kent lives, would you? Kent? No, he he's a tricky old fella. He seems to be sleeping somewhere different every night. He seems to be haunted by ghosts or spirits of some sort. You can never find him, well, except for at night, drinking his troubles away, as we all know. So I'm told... Thank you for your time, Master Dwarf. Of course, of course. And with that, he uh, starts uh, cleaning up the place. Anything else you wish to discuss with Metamon? I'm good. Cool, cool. Okay. Off to where? It's now lunchtime, by the way. Probably getting a little nippy. Yeah. Back to the feed mill, shall we? Grab a bite yeah. to eat then. That seems fair. I put some drinks in the Discord player notes for our bar. I love them. If you like phantom colada <laughs> and, and getting caught in a graveyard. 
Let you go through. Why don't you, you two quickly discuss your drinks, your drink selection, as you're ready for getting ready for this bar. So the tavern will be called the Spirits Spirits. Yeah, and we're going to have some ghost-themed drinks. Spectorita. Cosmo Bulletin. Spooky Mary. The Dark and Ghosty. A Banshee Alexander. And a Harvey Wraithbanger. Yep, we got, we're definitely going to do this. We're on, we're on to something here. Oh, and here's another one. The Phantom Colada. If you like <laughs> Phantom Coladas. <laughs> you have to come up with appetizer names, too, don't forget. Oh, oh, is this, this is a bar and grill? Well, you oh. need to have at least, like, snacks, I would imagine. Like, little well, nachos. Yeah. I mean. If you like burning sage at midnight. <laughs> and making circles of salt. <laughs> oh. We could do that on a on a on the rim, right? Of this, of we the, could have right. poltergeist poppers. Poltergeist poppers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me guess. There's ghost pepper in them. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Chill you to the bone chips. This is such a good idea. Might have to do this in real life. Oh yes. God. If only you can get the real ghosts to come out. Uh, oh, excuse me, nice. bartender. Do these chips have ghost salt on them? Phantasmal potato skins. Phantasmal skins. Phantasm skins? Uh, sounds weird. Loaded phantasm skins. There you go. Ectoplasmic. Uh, something with ectoplasma. There you go. That's way to contribute to this. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything that starts with an E. I like the alliteration, though. Ectotini. Ecto pickles? Ooh, pickles. Fried ecto pickles. All right. I'll have three orders, please. And this is what we're discussing while we're all sitting at the feed mill waiting for lunch. <laughs> As you wait for lunch, a woman who you haven't seen before is shrouded in a heavy brown cloak, trimmed with leaves, and marches right up to you. And she asks if you could uh, step outside for a second. She wants to ask you a question and show you something. And you look over to Delma and she nods. Letting you know that it's okay. Sense motive. Sense motive. Booty boop boop boop. You think everything is a okay? Cool. And Delmo also gives you the nod. We're trusting people. All mm-hmm. right. That's how Bort died because we were trusting. I palm my dagger like it's in my hand, but you know my sleeve with a little sleight of hand, just in case. Got it. She brings you outside and onto the side of the uh, female, which you didn't see. There appears to be a simple wooden sled. She approaches the sled and uncovers the flap. And on the sled is a pile of wolf carcasses. They look familiar to you. Very familiar. She turns to you, and despite having her cloak's hood pulled low, you can make out weathered lips and a slender chin. In a pointed tone, she asks, Is this your work? We killed these dogs. That wolf went to, was my college roommate. I would watch out. Those have fleas on them. Are these the wolves or the dogs from the hideout? These are wolves. Those are the ones that spit acid. Yes, in fact, one of them still has a little bit of acid on it. These are the ones way back in episode one. You recognize the wolves as the same ones that you slew. And what's it to you? She says, I'm looking for the ones responsible for helping out my work. Helping? Um, I'm sorry, I, I misunderstand. What work is that? 
You may need to explain that statement. She looks at you and says, Forgive me, I'm uh, Nola. I am a retired aging ranger that has been serving these woods for many years. Having retired here after fighting the Goblin Blood Wars, I have ever since guarded these woods and tried to keep them pure using my ranger ways. I've noticed that this area has slowly becoming corrupted by a foulness. Perhaps you two have seen this? Well, a lot of the creatures around here do seem far more aggressive than one might expect. We've been attacked by boars and bees and wolves. Oh my. Exactly. I have noticed that the creatures and the forest have been getting sick. There appears to be a, a blight of some sort. At first, it was only affecting trees and seemingly unconnected pockets of dead and dying plants. However, now I'm starting to notice that some of the animals living near these areas have strange mutations and are turning hostile to travelers and locals alike. As you can see, this wolf seems to have acid in its blood. Did it use that on you? It sure did. Brixley took it. I've been trying to remove this blight from the forest. I've been hunting down these mutated animals and putting them out of their misery and trying to unroot the mutated and dead bits of forest. It has been growing beyond my control. I come here for supplies, and Delma knows me well. Delma told me about you and said maybe you can help me. Um, potentially. What, what would you like assistance with? Hunting down and killing animals? Yes. Hold on. Let's go over here to my camp. And she mentions that she's like 10 minutes outside of town near the forest. Well, let's at least pack up the lunch to go. Sure. Sure. And she sort of grabs her sled to bring the, uh, the wolves out with her. She sort of is packing up the wolves. Uh, before leaving, uh, Celeste is going to get a bottle of uh, turnip wine. I mean, it's always polite to bring something to a picnic. Sure, sure. So you follow her to the clearing? Yep. Uh, if we're cautious and all together, then Celeste is in. When you put it that way, it makes us think we shouldn't. Well, yeah, you could. So as, she's walk as you're walking with her, she starts to explain a little bit more. I believe that the people at Entrance follow you are vaguely aware of this growing problem, but they always seem to have some explanation for what's happening. They say it's a bad summer, maybe a pig died in the stream a few months back. I know there's something more, and I've done everything I can to help keep the people safe, and I put down any blighted creatures, but I can't solve this problem on my own. She goes on to explain several months ago, after cataloging the locations of the largest blights, I went to the sheriff with Delma's blessing, hoping he might uh, ask for requests from the local baron. But unfortunately, the lazy sheriff has no time for tree problems. And not only did he refuse to help, he refused to even tell anyone else about this danger. And she spits on the ground. Curious. He did seem less than helpful in Bort's murder investigation. I did, I did think that was a bit odd. Yeah, he's just lazy, that's all. But things are getting worse, I tell you. Now the blades are showing signs that the plants themselves are changing. 
becoming something else. Something sinister. Not to mention the mutations. She continued walking. She brings you out into the woods. She says, we're going to bury the wolves' bodies over here and burn them as well. Keep them out of uh, any of the food supply, any fresh streams, anything that would corrupt the rest of the town. With that, she leads you over to a clearing not far from town itself where there's a small fire already burning and a carefully kept fire pit. She tosses back her hood and reveals long elven ears and deep emerald eyes. With one hand, she begins to drag the wolf corpses to the flames. She avoids the use of her right hand, which is entirely covered in an oddly shaped leather gauntlet. These wolves aren't the first, and I'm afraid they won't be the last. Worse still, she grunts as she begins to drag the body of the caustic wolf to the fire. The forest itself is turning sour. Plants and trees are withering, bearing bitter fruit that sickens and kills those who eat it. If you've been out in the old orchard, you've seen it. The blight is growing, and I need your help to stop it. My proposition is simple. I know that there's dying parts of the woods, and I wish you to accompany me to kill these dying parts of the woods. Find out if we could figure out anything that's causing them. Perhaps connect the dots, so to speak. With that, she throws the wolf onto the fire, and it goes up in a whoosh of flames and acid. Uh, Brixley, you're a better judge of character than I. What do you think? Well, I don't know. She's she's a little weird, but she seems... I, mean, well, I wouldn't say that in front of her, but she's... I think we should do what we can to help her out. Yeah, I, this might be bigger than just, you know, someone had an axe to grind against Bort or whatever. Something else is happening in this town. I wonder if what's happening isn't alchemical in nature, and if that doesn't have something to do with Vilry. Well, at this point, we're pretty involved. I, I think we should do whatever we can to, to help these people. They're, they're obviously in over their heads, and, well, we, we've worked pretty well together, I think. Do we still have the... I'm sorry, do we still have the bottle of brown liquid that we took from the... From, uh, yes. How odd? Yeah. I wonder if we yeah. should show that to her and ask if she recognizes it or if it makes any sense to her. We call that bourbon. I thought we did identify all of those bottles that we had. did. I mean, you can still show it to her. That foul brown liquid was corpse blood. It was used in disease, poison, and antidotes. But, yeah, you can definitely show her stuff or talk to her. Well, she, we know kind of generally what's used for. Maybe she knows exactly she like what a more it's used specific. For. She might know a more specific use for it, though. Well, let's ask her. Well, we as part of our investigations, we found some corpse blood. Would that have any significance to what you've been investigating? She asks to take a look at it. I'll pull it out of the pouch. She looks at this. She, like, opens it up, smells it, puts a drop on the grass, which instantly, like, dies and turns a wicked color. And she says to you, mm, I know nothing about this, but if someone out there is working with vile regents, I see that as very unlikely to be a coincidence. This, uh, this corpse blood, you call it, seems to be a very similar reaction to what's going on with this blight in the forest. I would not be surprised if these two are related. 
and perhaps might even help you uncover more clues about Bort's death. So from what I can gather, helping Nala here puts us on the tail of Vilri. She goes on to explain how she uh, was uh, brought up to speed about the death of Bort and how you've been helping out that um, Delma, you know, who she's very, you know, who she's very good friends with, uh, basically recommended that you would help with this issue of hers of trying to cleanse the forest and that there appears to be too much weirdness going on for it to be coincidence. So when do you want to head out? The largest blight is large and deeper in the forest. You should pack for a lengthy journey. It's deep in the woods and hard to reach on foot. Well, I guess we can finish up our business in town then. Yes, yes. Let's leave at first light. That way we can arrive there by mid-afternoon. All right. If you don't have anything else for us, we'll head back to town and get ready. Only if you can help me with the wolves. Of course. We help her burn them. Sure. And as they're burned, is very, very careful. And you can see she's very much in her rangery ways, being very meticulous with the fire and keeping care of the forest in general, making sure there's no errant sparks or acid or anything else like trying to, oh, I don't know, catch the whole place on fire. She also carefully, as the fire burns the bodies quite quickly, she starts taking out the bones and other pieces and puts them into a large bag and asks for some help to dig a hole in an area that appears to sort of be out of the way where she can bury the remains. I'll help. It'll go faster if I help too, so I'll do that. Noala, was it? Um, I, I don't mean to be rude, but in did you recently injure your arm? I, I noticed you favored your left over your right. Oh, don't worry. That's that's an old wound. I'm fine. Sense motive. Sense motive is that something bad happened to her arm, and she does not want to talk about it. Oh, that's fair. I just didn't know if she recently had it burned or something that we could heal. You can ask her that. Uh, then I shall. Are you sure? No recent injuries? Nothing I can assist with? I have a bit of a healing talent, actually. She, uh, her face softens as she sees that you were not trying to be nosy, but actually trying to help. And she says, well, maybe it's a tale worth telling. And maybe you can help. But first, let's deal with this blight. Worry about my injury later. Okay, and, um, one other thing I... I thought we were having a picnic, so turn up wine? She laughs a little. She's like, oh, well, I wouldn't be a proper ranger if I ever turned down food, especially in such a lovely setting such as this. It's like, I'd be happy to tell you a little bit more about what I've been doing and find out more about you fine folk. And uh, she's very happy to uh, bring out, and she breaks out some amazing trail rations that are not turnip-based. Oh, thank God. <laughs> glorious food from the forest. Bountiful food. I'll heartily dig in. Sure enough, she has rabbits and berries and fruits and vegetables. A bountiful meal, if you will. Now, being, uh, as my friend Prue here says, long-lived uh, for your ancestry, how long have you been in this uh, Etrans Folly area? She goes on to explain a little bit of her history. She says, I 
came to this region about ten years ago, settling here after serving as a mercenary in the Goblin Blood Wars. She thinks of herself as a steward of these lands, even though no one else seems to recognize myself as such, other than Delma. But she knows the work I do. I rarely try to go into town unless needed. I prefer working in the wild, preserving the delicate balance of the woodlands around the community. I recognize everything Delma does for this town and everything she does for me. This town doesn't recognize it or even know, but they have someone watching over them at all times, and that's me. That seems like quite noble work. Tell me, were you around when Billery still lived in the town? She thinks a bit and says, Hmm, the fact that these blights and Valerie's history with alchemical substances in her mother does not strike me as coincidence at all. Yeah, us neither. And you're saying you found crates of materials, massive quantities, not just one or two vials. Someone's been up to a lot of brewing. Yes, yes. It would require vast amounts of effort to cause this much trouble and damage to a forest this size. This isn't one or two potions. This is something deliberate. Something planned, perhaps for years. This is something much bigger than I think any of us realize. Dun, dun, dun. Well, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Bright and early. Oh, by the way, I can't offer much in payment. But if any of you would be interested in learning about the forest, or learning about ranger ways, I'd be happy to teach you some tricks and methods unique to what I've learned over the years. I'd definitely be interested in that. Maybe a multi-class. I could use some help searching tracks. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, we'll talk a little bit more on our long journey to the Blighted Area tomorrow morning. But I believe I can teach you and train you in the ways of the ranger as well as wilderness lore, if you wish. Yeah, and FYI, that is something very, very cool that is unique to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. That you can learn feats and abilities only from certain characters that are not in any other book. Too bad none of us are rangers. Yeah, but I could use some help with like tracking and whatnot. I think being uh, maybe a little bit of a multi-class into ranger or rogue is a very complimentary move. We'll see. But I think lore skills are available to anybody. Yeah. In general lore, but certainly rangerific abilities plus rogue abilities can only help. Mm -hmm. And the way this works is that you basically, from a metagaming point of view, she will train you and then unlock these abilities and you can take them whenever you wish. That's interesting. Right. So you don't actually have to decide right now, but you can basically spend time with her in training assuming you know everyone survives and you all make friendly and nice and she can teach you these very cool unique feats when it's sanctioned for pathfinder society i hope it's on the chronicle um she also has a whole bunch of other cool things but we'll talk about that later but that is actually one of the perhaps the coolest thing about pathfinder second edition in my opinion is that you can learn skills and feats and abilities nowhere else like 
literally this whole portion is only available on this adventure and nowhere else. You've been talking about that. It's kind of neat to see it starting to come to fruition. Well, I always like that in MMOs, like when you can learn like special abilities or, you know, like through skill training and such. It just gives you a reward and also ways to learn things that you just can't. You know, it's like, oh, I'll just buy the book and voila, I learn it. But here it's like, no, you actually have to find the person, run the adventure, and then train with them. It requires real effort to get these abilities. It's not just buying a book. And they're pretty powerful. Like, that seems to also be, they seem to be smart and not saying, oh, you get a plus one to a skill check. And that these abilities are actually, like, well worth the uh, investment. But we'll talk about that later. It'll be neat to see what it is. Yes. So with that, I'll probably stop here. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at discord.rollforcombat.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember when your GM smiles at you, it's already too late. <laughs>